0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Frank Dolce, UDA analyst and insider for The Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Frank, Good morning.
1: Good morning, DJ. Good morning, PK. Hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving.
0: Outstanding. Had a good Thanksgiving. It was good. Yours?
1: Yeah, it was very nice. Very nice. It's my favorite holiday, so I really look forward to Thanksgiving.
0: Did you come out of Thanksgiving as uh, wealthy as uh, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly?
1: Not quite. Wealth and friends, maybe. Aha!
2: (laughs) Uh, I would trade that for cash any day. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, yeah, those guys, uh I mean there's been this was the week I guess, uh for coaching changes um so pretty exciting. I I think that the Lincoln Riley hire is about as good as it could get for USC and for the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 needs USC to be a foundational team, a team that's competing for a playoff spot every year. I think that is what Lincoln Riley means to to USC. Brian Kelly is is an interesting one to me. Uh, I don't know. I uh, maybe he's just been at Notre Dame so long that I don't I don't I'm not seeing the fit at LSU. But maybe that is maybe that is a good a good fit for him. So we'll. we'll I guess I'm I'm uh, less optimistic about the Brian Kelly hire than I am about the Lincoln Riley hire.
2: I can see that on paper, but, you know, I wonder, I really don't, I don't ever really know because you you, you don't know who's going to be great, who's not going to be great. Maybe rarely. I mean, I think that we knew Urban Meyer was just going to take the world by storm, and he did here briefly, and he's gone on and had success at the other college spots. But other than that, you know, what, what makes a good coaching hire it appears that Lincoln Riley would be a phenomenal one 38 years of age and charismatic and all that but at the same time you know the standards that he's got to achieve it's basically playoff virtually every year or at least be in contention to be in yeah. or you're not going to be considered a success.
0: 15-0 or, yeah. or bust Frank 15-0 and or bust well that's not that's not so
1: hard <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I I think that uh I mean USC should be able to to a, attract that sort of talent. Um and and I really like the way that that uh that Riley utilizes his offense, his, his his philosophy um the the management of the game. People people think that he's a guy that throws the ball around a lot, but he's he he's re, his offense is really based in the run. I know he 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 worked under the air raid system with Leeds, but he doesn't really incorporate the air raid scheme so much. So, I think he's a really, really good fit um, for for USC. I, and, and to your point, PK, I thought Kevin Sumlin was gonna was gonna be the launching pad for Arizona, and we all know where that ended up. So you don't really know. I think on paper you're right. Lincoln Riley looks like it it smells like the right. Thing for USC, and I'm less sure about Brian Kelly. And in two years, we could be talking about the complete opposite.
2: Right, right, yeah. That's the thing about it is, well, the the great thing is that even though we're not really sure, well, we will be sure one way or the other.
1: <laughs> well, when you started, you know, when you started in the broadcasting game, I know there were a lot of naysayers.
2: Yeah, hey, including the guy sitting right across from me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you prove them all, you've proven them all wrong. So good for you.
0: <laughs> Not all of them. Check Twitter. <laughs> oh, those are ding dong fans. Oh, oh, isn't that the truth? He's just a fluke. He's just a fluke, and he'll be discovered one day.
1: Twitter, Twitter is. I don't even know what that is. It is the worst platform ever. It's it's just full of hate and vitriol and. You 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 know, and that's the thing is it it's like Las Vegas. You win every once in a while. You win, so you keep going back, and it's the same thing on Twitter. Every once in a while, you get some you know some nice comment about something you said, and you're like, oh well, look, people actually like me. And then, but but then you disregard the ninety nine percent of everyone else who thinks you're you know you have no clue of what you're
2: talking yeah, about. Yeah, they can go to hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
0: I'm curious with Brian Kelly. We were debating this. PK says it's the latest correct me if I'm if I'm summarizing you wrong here PK. PK says it's the latest in a long slime in a long string of slimy stories, bizarro stories, win it all costs and it's just it's just one more and I'm sitting over here thinking this is a new level. They've crossed a line that hasn't been crossed before. Have Coaches given up on kids and schools and teams? Absolutely. But this is the first time that a coach who's got a legitimate shot at going to the playoff and playing for the national championship has quit on his team. They've always quit on a team like Riley. Okay, we could go to a pretty good bowl game, but we're not playing for the national championship, so I'm out of here. Yeah. But this is a new level. If Georgia beats Alabama and one. Other team in the top four, you know, Houston beats Cincinnati, Baylor beats Oklahoma State. These are not massive upsets. Michigan losing might be a really big upset, but the other two aren't. Yeah, I don't know if I would consider Alabama losing
2: uh, to be uh, the— A big upset? Well, not necessarily an upset, but I don't know that I would necessarily view them as being out. Just because oh, they lose yeah. to Georgia, I don't
1: think so either. right?
0: Oh, really? I do. So I think yeah. if they get the two, well, because they might have to include a two-loss team, then Bama could be back in. But I, I don't think two-loss Alabama gets in over one-loss Notre Dame. Before this, now with the coach out, that gives them that gives them a pass to do it. But do you think that Kelly leaving is a new step and a new level and a- and and bad for the sport?
1: I. To to use a phrase um, that you're apparently fond of, DJ, is, I think it's a one off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you were listening I knew, earlier. I thank knew he was going there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I Notre Dame is such an interesting place, and even with all of the, the you know the history and the success and the tradition, everything else, uh, you, I, I, I don't know that you've been able to, kelly's been able to really find the athletes um certainly a upper tier but may, maybe not the same type of athletes that could put him, make him competitive on an annual basis for the playoffs i think that's one thing to consider um i think that's why urban meyer went to florida instead of going to notre dame because exactly right yeah when he, when he laid out all the cards, he thought, well, I can win national championships at Florida. I don't know if I can win right. national championships yeah. at Notre Dame. So I think that's, a, I think that's one piece of it. And, and so let's say that Kelly goes to the playoffs this year. And is, you know, maybe his team is depleted next year, and then you know, he has an average campaign. Does he have an opportunity to go to an LSU again? I don't know. It's just hard to tell. So, you know, you just can't read the future. And and then you know, I have the have the numbers been revealed? I heard that Lincoln Riley was being offered on the twelve to fourteen million dollar a year range for LSU. And twenty
2: twenty four seven at SC twenty four seven use of a private jet by he and his family,
0: whenever you want. (laughs) And they're buying him a six million dollar home, and they're buying his homes in Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's 12 at double, million. The uh, price. Yeah, but it's 12 million, and when you add in all the perks, then it, it's it's north of 12 million. Except that, yeah. and the numbers haven't all been revealed, but they will be at LSU because it's a state school. But Kelly's supposed to be 15 million, and it's a total package of 100 to 110 million or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Kelly ain't going to, yeah.
2: or uh, Lincoln Riley ain't going to be living at the places he goes to recruit. Let's just put it that way. Clearly.
1: No, <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I just think that it's you know I, I like to you know loyalty is a lot different when when you're talking about similar packages in terms of compensation but it, it loyalty becomes very really difficult and I guess everybody has a price and you know 15 million dollars a year and I'm certain a, a big portion of that is some kind of guarantee I, I mean that is that's what wealth that's that goes down through kids and grandkids and maybe even further. So you know, yeah, I, I, it's very difficult to to pass that up. So I think there's probably a couple things in play there. Is one, LSU probably gives Kelly a better chance at winning a national championship during his career, and two, it's just really hard to pass up that kind of um, for sure that kind of money.
2: Yeah, I mean, but we were dealing with sports in a sport where. Coaches take a job in January, and then before the season starts in spring practice, they've taken another job. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's left?
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm curious about like I know I know Coach Winningham has been on some of those short lists. Yes. Um, and I'm really curious. Maybe maybe you know, PK if. if Coach Witt's been in a position to pass up that kind of. Maybe he's just kind of that guy that, you know, the the money is just a smaller factor for him in considering where he wants to spend. I mean, I I think he has
2: generational wealth, and so I know he's taking his money here. And he's invested in a lot of different things that allow him to make more money and give him plenty of money. But he, he's a different breed in that way, and that he and it sounds cliche and, and trite. And I'm people are saying, "Oh, you like him, so you're going to defend him in this way." But for him, uh, such a low maintenance dude that in one of his best, his greatest accomplishments is that all of his children went through the same grade school, junior high and high school, and, and university for that matter, and he didn't have to move around all. I mean, he loves to say that, and that's important to him. So, Yeah, you know. as,
1: a, as a football coach, yeah, a big-time football coach, that just doesn't happen.
2: Exactly. So to me, as I view it, that was worth the money that he could have gotten other places. Yeah. And then with them going into the Pac-12, that was given a ticket to the big
1: time. Yeah. Well, maybe the next big question is: I heard the you know the spot on the youth update about how Coach Witt really enjoyed the team sending out the seniors the right way. The last you know their last game at uh, Rice Eccles was that Coach Witt's last game at Rice Eccles.
0: No, if I had to guess, I would say the answer is no. He got that uh, question at the press conference Monday. And, yeah. you know, a, a lot of coaches have told us a lot of stuff, and it's turned out not to be true. So be careful about, you know, pushing all your chips to the middle on any one thing. Well, he says. reserves the right to change his mind. Absolutely. 100% on that. But, you know, I think he'll be back next year. I do, too. With or without
1: well, the Rose think, Bowl. With or without. I, I think that uh, this this team wasn't wasn't necessarily supposed to be the team that competed for a Rose Bowl opportunity no, next
0: year,
1: I think it's next year. Yeah. yeah, it is. So that's, I think that's compelling for for a coach. But my and 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 you know, if if things don't go really well next year, I don't know that it really diminishes his legacy. If you, I, I, I think we were adding this up the other day, and if you look across his career as as a football coach and specifically his time at Utah as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach, that is, that's an unbelievable list of accomplishments. And one day, you know, one day as fans will sit back and recognize that we won't get caught up in the, you know, he's one and two to start the season. What's happening to this football team. It's falling apart. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one day we'll look back and really take a look at his list of accomplishments and realize,
2: what? Well, How yeah. well, it'll be it'll hurt. be the first two or three, five and seven seasons in a row.
0: <laughs> I was I was going to say it'll be when when the schools missed on three straight head coaches like they have in basketball because now Majerus's oh. run we were lost out on all the the weirdness. Right, the the year that he didn't coach the whole season and there were three different press conferences to explain three different reasons why he was going away, and we kept getting summoned to the Huntsman Center for Rick's farewell press conference. My heart, my knee, my mom. Yeah. But we don't care about that right now. That right now like we're look. looking at... Right now we're looking at... Wow, he, look at all the sweet 16s the guy went to. He went to three in a row. They've only been to three tournaments since he left. He went to three sweet 16s in a row. And we're forgetting all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, and I happen to be on campus when... Coach Magers was on campus, and um, and I'll, I'll nice relationship with him. I mean, I got lucky. I just I just happened to bump into him in in the office one day, and and I just had to, an opportunity to build a nice little relationship with him. Um, and and he, I, I took some, I, I was taking some shots um, in the middle of one football season, and he was. He came to my rescue in a way, and I'll never, I'll never forget that. If if he didn't have all of the, if he didn't have all of the weird stuff surrounding him, and there was, I mean, there there was some weird stuff. Um, if he didn't have all of that surrounding him, um, I think he would be even more respect, not just in the community, but more respected nationally. His accomplishments at Utah are unprecedented. I mean, I just think that the way that he managed that basketball program and and you you made the point we we haven't seen it since his time and who knows if utah will ever get back to that level but he was an unbelievable unbelievable presence on campus no question about it
2: yeah and kyle will go and he'll get that and he'll get his due i I think he gets the rose bowl this year maybe next year maybe the playoff next year i mean this i'm i'm glad that the playoffs Play may might be me. I mean I'm not going to rule it Playoffs. out I mean they, a couple years back <laughs> they were right into it and he just till, wants to say it till the end I got it I just wanted to say <laughs> I, I understand that I I, I rode uh, when the Utes were playing the Bruins uh, when Jim Moore Jr. was the coach there I was at the uh, Spring Hill Suites in Manhattan Beach there and coming down the morning after the game was Jim Moore Senior. in the elevator and it is all I could do. To ask him about the playoffs, but I, but I didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would thank you well, for that. I just, I, that's brought so much joy and pleasure. We all love doing it. And we all laugh when we do it. Yeah, but,
1: every time. I'm glad he did it. I I love to think about Coach Whittingham taking a team to the playoffs, but for the Pac-12, it's not the you, you know SEC teams get in the playoffs with with one loss, maybe two losses. Uh, you can take a big 10 team with one loss into the playoffs but are are they i know they were considering Oregon and Oregon was up there at number 3 with one loss but i don't really think the committee ever thought Oregon was the number 3 team i thought i think the committee thought Oregon was going to take another loss and we can push him yeah. out of the playoff picture you're going to you're going to have to go undefeated in the Pac-12 to get in the playoffs is that uh, not if there's two lost teams yeah. everywhere else maybe, like maybe there are maybe this one year. Loss,
2: but but if for no other reason, they return a ton of people next year, and they got five guaranteed wins in the South because the South sucks. Four. Incredible.
0: USC's turning it on a dime. All right, before yeah. we go, so it's, it's Oregon, and we know what happens if the Utes play well and if Oregon plays average or poorly. The thing the Utes <laughs> yeah. can't control is, is Oregon going to come with their A game this time? Because nobody believes that was their A game. And the Utes, can they bring their A game again?
1: Well, yeah, I, that is the big question. But, I, but I've watched both of these teams play all year long. Uh, I have seen Oregon... Uh, look pretty good at times, but I would say this about both teams if Oregon brings their a game and Utah brings their a game, I pick utah i I think Oregon is still flawed i was still i I still feel like they should have taken a loss earlier in the season outside of the Utah game, so I feel like it maybe this matchup is much more what we thought it would be the first time around like you know a 27 24 31 28 kind of a game super competitive at the line of scrimmage I don't think Oregon certainly Oregon didn't play their best and Utah played played really well uh and was able to get the running game going so th- that's something something to consider but uh if both, game, if both teams are at their best, I still give the edge to Utah. I think Utah is a better team overall this year, and Utah's played better for a longer stretch this, this football season. Uh, it, but, you know, it's, it's the same thing on the other side. If Utah doesn't, if Utah's average, then they're just going to get run out of the stadium because I still think that uh, athletically, Oregon probably brings the most to the table. But, but an even matchup, clean game, number ones, number ones, everybody playing at their top level. I, I give Oregon I, – I mean, I give Utah the, the edge in that game.
2: Yeah, I give it on quarterback. And quarterback alone is good enough for me.
1: I agree 100%. I, I like Brown, and he certainly showed something different against Oregon State, but Oregon State's terrible defense. And, you know, going 23 of 28, that's impressive – um, but under different circumstances, meaning under duress, um, when the game is on his shoulders to throw the ball downfield, I don't think he, I don't think he comes up with, with the right play, with the right combination. I, he did hit some fantastic passes against Utah, no question, but he also threw a bunch of terrible passes against Utah, so, and I think that's more of, the, of what he is as a quarterback um so same you know same game plan for utah contain the quarterback keep him in front of you You can't let him get the quarterback run game going eliminate as much as you can oregon's run game which i think they will be much more committed to this time around and you have to you have to force brown to beat you through the air and if he beats you through the air then you know you just kind of have to take that loss um but if you can do all those things i think you give yourself a really good chance at, at winning it
0: well, the best number for the Utes from that first game was 63 yards rushing. That was phenomenal. 63 yards. Phenomenal that they held the Ducks to 63 yards. Yeah. And if they do that again, I don't care who's a quarterback, the Utes are winning the game.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. If they hold if they hold Oregon to an under 100 yard effort on the ground again, then then uh, then you know I would it would be very hard for me to say that Utah doesn't come out on top. In, in that football game. I, I'm curious to see how Moorhead manages it. I thought he abandoned the run a little bit um, in, in game one so we'll see if, he's, if he sticks, sticks with it a little bit more. And, and by the way, you know, this is probably a kind of a job interview for Moorhead. Uh, I, I think he's looking around for, for where he's going to land next year and he's going to have some opportunities. So we'll, we'll see how he manages the game offensively for Oregon. It should be interesting.
0: Fresno State's a good job and it's open now. So, All right, well, we'll see if that – I guess what you're saying, Frank, is that that first Utah-Oregon game was not a (laughs) one-off.
1: Well, it was was a one-off for Oregon. I think they'll play much better (laughs) in this game. But I still believe, based on all that I've seen out of both teams, that A game versus A game, I I give uh, the game to Utah. Thanks, Frank. We appreciate it. Man, it's great to catch up with you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Frank Dolce, Ute
0: Analyst and Insider for the Zone Sports Network. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receivers, coming up at 9 o'clock to talk Cougars right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.